Hey everyone, welcome to a podcast that cuts through the noise and embraces authenticity in the event world. Here at Event Mavericks, we believe in keeping it real, laughing at ourselves and tackling assumptions and finding the real path beyond the smoke and mirrors. We're not here to talk about trends and fads. No, this is for the Event Mavericks who are trying to get through the day and kick ass at their job. Whether you're navigating the intricacies of events, trying to keep your head above water or simply wanting a dose of meaningful conversation, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Rachel Fusco and welcome to our inaugural podcast, The Event Mavericks. In this podcast, please join obviously myself and my goose, Sarah, Kale, as we tackle your day-to-day in the events industry. So this podcast, especially, we aim to provide three objections and three solutions that will set you up for success on a daily basis. Join us on future podcasts as we get into like vendor conversations. We're going to bring in some of our partners, some C-suites and additional planners to bring all aspects that we can to this podcast. Sarah, let's hear it. Hi, I'm Sarah Kale, someone who's in the trenches with you. That's why Rachel and I have such a passion for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We're so passionate. Uh, We're also really funny. So, and uh, my favorite, my, I have some favorite cuss words. So those will probably come into play. (laughs) Obviously. Well, I can't help it. They're just so colorful. Uh, Anyways, so for today's first podcast, we're going to dig into three objections, as mentioned earlier. And this particular one is going to go around all of the things. So why you feel overwhelmed in your day-to-day because you've been given all of the things. So your job isn't just your job, but now as potentially as an event marketer, you're having to plan all these events. You're probably having to figure out consumer activations. Or if you're a planner, maybe you plan, but you're not really familiar with hotel sourcing. Whatever it is, all of a sudden you've gotten dumped on. And our job today is to provide those objections and a few solutions that'll help you through that day-to-day. So I'm going to jump in. One of Mm -hmm. the first objections that we have come across a couple of times, and maybe you guys have also figured out for yourself is bringing on a partner is spending more money. So we can't bring on a more, another partner because it just costs too much money. And I can't even tell you how many times we've heard this. So Mm -hmm. in that, does it really cost more money or do we just need to look at the money spend differently? I mean, Sarah, I know that you really have a passion around this one. What do you think? Well, I think it's always finding the value too. We've talked about this quite a bit. I think um, a lot of the times we've talked about this in regards to finding the gaps. It's finding um, what you're good at, what you really need to bring a partner on for. And um, specifically bringing on a third party sometimes, um, especially if you're doing quite a few events, they can negotiate for you and bringing a lot of your overall pricing down, so which can save you money in the long run. So that right there can, the saving cost savings you're bringing in for such and such items can cover the cost of the third party. Right. And I think another thing to probably that people forget in general, sometimes leaders do too. Actually, I don't think that they forget. I think that they know it in their day to day, but I think events lives in this very strange realm where we have to, which will be our next objection, get into Mm -hmm. conversating around business speak and not event speak. So- First of all, it's not spending more money. You're investing in expertise. So if expertise wasn't a high dollar, we wouldn't have colleges and you wouldn't be dropping $80,000 or $100,000 a year for your education. So there's a reason there's experts. And so then me, myself, especially have encountered this where I've come into a role and now I'm learning a whole new skill set 
which mm-hmm. great. I love learning. I don't want to stop learning, but it takes me time and I'm not good Absolutely. at it because I haven't yep. been, doing, I've been yeah. doing it for like 25 years. Yes. So I don't maybe know how to do it as well as somebody who is an expert in that. So being Absolutely. able to come out and advocate in a way, like you were saying with the gaps, right? So what mm-hmm. are those gaps? What do you want for those gaps? Mm-hmm. And then additionally, being able to then present that out in a way that's like, I, I can do this. I just can honestly raise my hand and say, I can't do it well because it's Correct. a skill I have to learn. So then when we want to hire or bring somebody on who can do it well, and I know exactly. that probably sounds scary, right? Because then you get into the whole thought process of like, am I going to lose my job if I don't do this? Oh. Well, exactly. Well, no one ever wants to admit that they're not good at something, but right. no one can be good at everything. And I think that's the no. first thing. And and bosses ultimately know that not everyone's perfect at everything. So I think being comfortable admitting that like, hey, I'm good at these things. These three particular areas are not my strongest points. Right. So I think that's what we need to look at. And I think bosses appreciate right. when people know their weaknesses and admit yeah. to them because overall, you're going to be stronger as a team if you admit right. to those. Or they should appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? If they don't, then they they absolutely should. And I think also (laughs) like to close that out, it's also remembering what you were hired to do. And I think sometimes we move so quickly, especially in smaller businesses, although you could probably argue larger businesses do this Mm -hmm. too, but we move at record pace. And so when we're moving into that record pace, they're like, yeah, just do it. Oh yeah, just do it. And you might be a go-getter. And we all know that go-getters your reward is more work. It's just yep. how it's like, oh, you're really good at your job. Here's more work. Yay. That's fantastic, right? So then it's yep. just, I think in this case, so the solution to this objection of letting your leadership know whoever that is, C-suite or wherever it is, that when something changes within your own job scope and you're feeling this pressure to do something that's beyond, to advocate in a way that time is money, Correct. So if you're having to learn something that's still costing the company money and it True. might slow the outcome in the end. So that's our solution is just to think about time is still money. You learning this new skill set is still money. Let's maybe refocus that speak into that, which now goes into the second objection. So <clears throat> the second objection is is similar to this and it's mirrored in a way that Obviously, before it's spending, right? It's looking at um, it's looking at time as money. This one is why they even need to invest in that skill set. So leadership can't decide why they need to bring somebody else to quote unquote do your job. So these do sort of go hand in hand. And I know for mm-hmm. me, even just going back through a couple, you know, I've been in the industry for far longer than I probably care to admit. But in <laughs> some of this, in some of my transitional periods with different being a planner and working for different companies, I had to come up against this a lot because in their in their minds, they were like, well, why can't you just do this? Why isn't this something you can do? And it's because they have defined or they have pigeonholed events in a very specific definition. So for mm-hmm. them, and I hate to say it, it's just an overglorified party planner. I mean, yes, they have respect for the huge amounts of logistics if you're moving or maneuvering 15, 10, thousands of people, but in of the course. end, they still don't understand why you just can't do this because they have then solidified their thought process or have defined for themselves what it is that events do. 
Mm-hmm. And so for me, it goes back to what we were saying a little bit earlier on this objection is the solution to that is change your speak to them and pull out the event speak and talk mm-hmm. to them on a business level and not mm-hmm. so much about what the event is going to do, but what it will do for the business. So mm-hmm. an example of that is, you know, yes, I can source hotels. Absolutely. But we don't have the software to do it. I can't track the return on it. I don't know how much cost savings we're getting. Most companies yep. that do this as a standard practice, they will average a company of 20% in savings through room rate negotiations, kickback on commissions, sliding yep. scales. There's all of this stuff that if you shift out of just, sure, I can book a hotel because it's part of the event into mm-hmm. Do you want cost savings? Because right now we are not set up to meet that cost savings. Well, and so much of it, like you spoke about, is the return on investment, right? That that yep. takes a lot of time and energy. So like you said, the basic tasks of, you know, booking, uh, hunting down vendors, that is all its own animal, right? But the tracking savings, hunting down the return on investment, tracking all of that, that's a whole different skill set that most people don't have. You need a specific company or specific companies that can handle that. And that's most of the time an internal employee is not going to be able to do that. That's a third party resource most of the time. And if you're spending this kind of money investing in events, the whole point of it is to get a return on your investment. So if you're not looking into that, you're not justifying why you're spending hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, millions of dollars on these events, and you're not tracking it, it's hard to justify doing it going forward and justifying it to the executive team, right? Right. So that's a really huge investment that you need to look into. Absolutely. Right, right. right. It's that, it's the, it's being able to, again, what you were saying on the investment piece, but then also to embrace the business speak. So absolutely almost going back to what is the origin of their ask? In fact, that mm-hmm. would be a solution for this would be what is the origin of their ask to have you just mm-hmm. do this? We just need you to do this. Okay. Well, what's, yep. why do you want to do it? Because for me, I can move really fast, but I have a tendency. I don't want to say analysis paralysis, But if you're going to make the investment or if you're going to look into wanting to do something that's going to make an impact financially for the company, it's okay Mm -hmm. to pump the brakes, go back to the business side of the speak, find out what it is that they're trying to get to, and then talk business with them. Don't talk events. Events is the outcome. It's not the origination. It's what comes out of that exactly. We we talk about this quite a bit. It's so much of, okay, let me add that to my to-do list. Check, check, check. Get through my day. Right. It's stopping and saying, why are we doing this? And I see right. you do this quite a bit when we talk to clients. It's, that's great. Why are you doing it? Why this destination? Why not this destination? It's people are just right. so used to going through the motions. It's never pausing and asking the why. And a lot of right. times when you ask the why, you get totally different answers and it completely reroutes the course of the event. Well, and it also sets that person up for success to where they feel like they can then go back Mm -hmm. in this point to then be like this. And this is why I've engaged or talked to this particular partner because they asked the questions why and they had some very valid points. Again, going back to the business. So that would be, 
Yeah. And that's what piques the interest of the executive yeah. team and the leaders that are now you're yes. not speaking events, yes. you're speaking business. And then that's yes. when they're interested. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you have it. Speak business. Don't yes. speak events. That would be that solution. And then our final objection today is a little bit. So we've, so in, in theory, all of these objections sort of intertwine with each. So they might feel in some ways slightly repetitive, but they are different because they're, they're different life cycles within maybe a singular conversation that you could have with your leaders or with somebody else, or you're making the, you know, you're making the, uh, not the objection, but you're presenting the solution of this is why we need to bring on this partner, whoever that partner may be to help support your gaps. So our final objection is again, grappling with the expertise and feeling like you have to know everything. So hearkening back a little bit on our first objection, then touching on it slightly in the second, for me in this particular space about feeling like you need to be the expertise and you have to know everything. I think there's something to be said about being open-minded to learning. So Mm -hmm. I, there needs to be sort of a definitive line between I'm wanting to learn this so I can Mm -hmm. be better and provide more support versus this is something I have to do as part Mm -hmm. of my job. So Mm -hmm. if you can break that apart or at least untangle that thought process, because I am always learning and everything. In fact, the more I can learn from different vendors or partners or anybody, right, that I'm out there learning from, that's just going to help me be able to advocate for the Mm -hmm. gaps that I've identified. So there's a difference in this area between when you are grappling with the level of expertise and needing to know, there's a difference between wanting to learn and then Mm -hmm. feeling like, again, like you were saying earlier, you have to feel like you know it all and nobody wants to come to the table like, "I, I don't know. I don't know exactly. You know, nobody wants to feel that. Well, and I think a good example too is sometimes just like I can give an example from something I'm dealing with right now. Like as planners, we, everyone wants to know everything, right? You feel better positioned if you know it all. So for example, I can give a a great example from just this week. We're doing a program right now and transportation is not something I feel as I'm an expert in, right? On a small program, absolutely. On larger programs, it's a lot of moving pieces. And when you're doing all the components, that's one piece that I do not want on my plate. So for that's one piece where bringing in a third party is absolutely ideal in. We're lucky on our team, we always have a transportation expert that can take that off of the piece, uh, take it off my plate as an account manager. So that's something that, yes, I can handle a small component of it. But when it comes to a big piece, I prefer not to. Um, so again, that's a great example of if you're handling all the pieces and you can bring in a third party for that one piece, it makes your life so much easier, right? right so we right. have a program right now for the Super Bowl. It's only two buses, but there's a lot of pieces. We're going here one day, we're going there one day, one bus is going to the actual Super Bowl, one bus is going to a Super Bowl party. That's not something I want to be managing. Two buses going two places on such a for such a big event that our our transportation expert is handling that for our right. producer. So we right. don't have to worry about it. So there are pieces where, yeah, you can handle that, but it's not a good sure. time to be doing it. Right. That's where you and can then, justify that. And do you ever get it? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> oh my God. Sometimes when leadership will come to you and they're like, I don't understand why you just can't do that. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you know how to do something <laughs> like this? Like, you well, know, it's just is like, yeah. sometimes they... It just is really interesting to me when it goes back to that in that feeling, that sense of 
you know, I'm an expert. I've been in this industry for over 30 years. Shouldn't I know everything? Well, no, we never stop learning. So no, absolutely. This one, I would say for a solution is for this particular objection about grappling with whether or not you feel like you have the right expertise or that you need to know everything is the biggest piece of this is looking down at your scope, weighing out the ask and identifying the gaps and then being easily able to once again, talk about the business where you can go back to your leader to say, here's where I'm looking at this scope. These are the gaps that I've identified where we need to bring in an expert, which is great because I'm the one that knows the business. So now I can manage the expertise level of this other support to ensure Mm -hmm. that it aligns with our business goals, whatever those business goals are. So I would say from- And like we said, it's not even just for a business. It could be a particular program. It could be one piece of one program that, look, I've got it all, but this one piece, if I'm getting calls from a bus driver- that, hey, traffic's really bad. I'm trying to deal with something on site. It's not a smart thing for me to be divided into two different right. pieces on this right. one important event. It's not smart. Right. So just knowing what's what's good for your client as well and justifying right. to your, your leadership team that, hey, I don't feel comfortable being divided on this one piece. It's good to right. have an expert in on this particular component. Right. right. Yep. And it's okay, it's okay to do that. And it's, it's okay. okay. Yep. It's okay to do that. And the truth is sometimes they're going to come back to you and be like, no. Yeah. yeah, the answer they is will. no. You may not do any of that. You may yes. not hire anybody. You may not. Hopefully they won't, but sometimes yeah. that's the answer and you have to and go if, with it. And if you do, the truth is, then lay it out for them. That's fine. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. I am a single person. This is all that I yeah. can maintain. I need to manage your expectations on the outcome and deliverable of what it is that you expect. So I'm going to tell yeah. you right now, it's not going to happen. Now, yeah. not everybody feels comfortable having those conversations, which I can appreciate. Yeah. But the truth is, is that if anything, that just shows a level of confidence and a surety that you know exactly what it is that they should have yep. invested, should have spent the time to listen to do. And now mm-hmm. they are held accountable for exactly. the no decision. So if things happen, yep. mm-hmm. now I get it. Not everybody is the same. We don't have wonderful people. Some people are, they have a hard time with accepting defeat or failure. So yep. I get it, all those things, but it's worth the conversation and that piece of it. So to of close course. out that final solution, which I might've done. I don't, I might've touched on it a little bit, but just to close it out, mm-hmm. it is just to ensure that you've outlined the scope and you've identified your gaps and come to the table with that knowledge. And that would be that. So those are our three objections. Those are our three solutions at the end of the podcast. I'll just recap them quickly, but before we close out, there's something else Sarah and I would love to do because we find this fun. And we're fun. We're, we're actually very fun people. Everybody we are wants very to be our, fun. Everybody wants to be our friends. Um, it's a long waiting list. So get in line if you need to. Take a ticket. <laughs> we'll do all of that. There's, um, we want the ask us anything. So one, we are garnering from our own experiences, whether we've experienced this as both of us have been planners previously. Now we're working for third parties. Now we're working for agencies. I used to be, so we're pulling from our own history, but we want to know from you, what are some of the topics that we could cover for you or find a guest speaker for? I mean, I think that there's mm-hmm. different topics out there where we have access to some really good um some really good guest speakers that could tap mm-hmm. tap into. I know one of them is going to be procurement and a three bid process. That's going to be coming up just to better understand. It's a really interesting point of view on that. So again, ask us every anything just helps with us making sure we're getting the most at, or the most applicable content out to you. 
And then the other thing is it doesn't always have to be about work. So mm-hmm. ask us anything if you think it's funny, because I think <laughs> one of the things to close out, we both talked about was on a podcast previously, somebody asked if there was a TV show you could rewatch like a race from your memory and then rewatch mm-hmm. it. What would it be? And mine, what was yours? Mine was Succession. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. Yes, I haven't watched yes, that yes. yet. So it's going to be know. my, fr- I, I know I just, it's a little. And yours I'm adding to my list because I just oh. did it at a presentation and two people mentioned oh. the same one you had. Yeah, Game of Thrones. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. Although I did yep. read the first book, so I kind of uh-huh. knew a little bit about what was coming. No spoilers mm-hmm. or anything. But, and every once in a while I'll rewatch it. Just, I can't uh-huh. pick my favorite episodes. And I'm like, oh man, could you imagine watching this for the first time? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So when they were recording people's expressions, yes. When they were like, what? That's a real thing. It's a real experience. And you can share it with the world. Yeah. (laughs) That's so good. Okay, guys. So to close out our first episode, first of all, thanks for joining. Obviously, it's huge if you like or subscribe to our podcast. Um, we promise to keep it short and not ramble, but rambling sometimes is so much fun. I guess it depends on how many cups of coffee I get (laughs) before we start doing all that. Um, to close out again, three objections, three solutions, objection, leadership is undecided and they can't see the need to bring on somebody else. You are going to advocate for the scope, grappling with expertise and feeling like, you know, have to know everything. Your solution is to identify your business. You are going to be the advocate for the company. And that person is going to help fill the gap that you've identified in objection one. And then finally, objection three, investing wisely is not necessarily spending more money. So you in this investment, time is money. So if they're choosing not to do it, it's still going to cost them money in time for you to do it for yourself. Those mm-hmm. are our solutions. That is the podcast, folks. And we'll see you again next month. Cheers. Bye. Bye.